Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. Uh, Perhaps today, one of the most serious messages that I've ever preached or ever minister will be for the next 15, 20 seconds. Or not 20 seconds, minutes. Somebody said, I know that's not right. (laughs) (laughs) And to our e-church, I greet you in the name of the Lord. Today, I want to minister on the subject of deception. Because there is a lot of deception going on in Western Christianity. And I'll delve more into it come Wednesday because it'll afford me an opportunity to really teach. I'd rather teach than preach. But in Western Christianity, you can get a false sense of what the Bible really says. I came out uh, Tuesday, or one of those days, I forget, I, I think it was a, we had a business meeting or something with some of the members, leadership meeting or something, and I shared with them that holiness is not an option. And in today's Western church, you would think the way, okay, I see her over there. You would think the way people live, that we have an option of living holy or not holy. It's amazing the things that people do and it will say that they love God. And in Western Christianity, you think you're okay. And that's a major deception. Holiness is not an option if you're a Christian. Okay. If you are a Christian, that's the issue. There's a whole lot of folks saying they're Christians, but they're not. They're not Bible Christians. They're Western Christianity Christians, but they're not Bible Christians. Because Bible Christians don't lie. Bible Christians are committed to holiness. You don't hear about holiness in the church anymore. And we've almost treated holiness, the lifestyle, as though it's a choice. And so everything is in the church now. Are you all listening to me? And one of the most dangerous things that you can do is to think you're going to heaven and you're absolutely not going to heaven. You see, Western Christianity paints a broad picture like, you know, God understands because 
He's a God of love, but he's also a God of judgment. He's not only just a God of judgment, he is a holy God. And because we hear so little today about holiness, people are living all kinds of ways in the church. Two men are sitting up in the church. Two women are sitting up in the church. And it's not the world's fault, it's the church's fault because we're confusing them. We're giving them a free pass because nobody is talking about holiness. And so today, I want to minister briefly on don't be deceived. Because deception in the world is going to uh, it's, it's going to become so prevailing that unless you know the Bible, and that's another challenge. A lot of Christians don't know the Bible, and what they do quote that they think they're quoting from the Bible, they're heard at the barber shop or the beauty shop. You know, that's not what God meant. They don't even know what God meant. They haven't even read the Bible. Someone didn't read the Bible this week. So how can you know what he said if you haven't read what he said? And then how can you know what he said when you have listened to me? And I'm teaching you what he said. Time for playing is over. This won't be a shouting message. But this will help you to make your election sure. Wouldn't it be a sad occasion that on judgment day you discover your name is not in the book? but it's on Harvest Church membership roll. And why is there so much confusion? If, if we're all are saying the same thing, how come we have six churches on one block? If, if we're all hearing from the Holy Ghost, why do we have on one side of the street a Presbyterian on another side, the Nazarene, over in the corner, the Baptist, and the back in the sticks of Pentecostal church. And they're all saying they're preaching the same thing, loving the same God. But with all of our preaching and teaching, it doesn't bring us together. The Baptists don't fellowship with the Methodists, and almost all of them don't fool with the Pentecostals because they speak in tongues. then they'll tell you tongue is not of the day. And they don't know a concern of the Bible. They just heard somebody say that. Who's not baptized in the Spirit, speaking with other tongues. You can't tell somebody they don't need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues unless you've done it. Are you listening to me? Everybody who tells you you don't need to be filled with the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues, notice none of them have ever been filled.
are y'all listening? So, so, so if we're all in this, the body of Christ, if it's all one family, then why do we have so much confusion? Where did it come from? Where did the Methodist church come from? And historically, I know. But how do we get from the Catholic to the Methodist to the, to the Baptist? What, what did they name it after John the Baptist? And if we're all saying the same thing, how come we can't all get along? No, no, no. I'm not talking about denominations. I'm talking about in here. If we all say we're saved, you can't act like that and be saved. Why? Because the Holy Ghost will convict you when you've mistreated somebody. Anybody ever done wrong and the Holy Ghost call you on the carpet? Anybody ever done something really sinful and the Holy Ghost dealt with you? You can't act like that and live like that and God doesn't deal with you unless you don't belong to him. The only way you can live unholy like that with no conviction is because you're not in his family. I didn't say you wasn't in the family. You're not in his family. Because when you're in his family, God, the Bible says that God chastens. Come on now. Every now and then the Holy Ghost will spank you. Why? Because you belong to God. The Bible says a parent that does not chastise their child doesn't love them. So when you don't spank your child because you think it disrupts their thinking, and that's not an act of love, that's, that's an act out of love. The Bible says foolishness is bound up in the heart of the child, but the rod of correction I want to thank God for Mr. Jonesy who used to make me go get my own switch. <laughs> Crying all the way. Knowing I better bring the right one because I don't want him to go. And then my daddy who raised me would say this and I didn't understand it as a five-year-old, a six-year-old, a seven-year-old, eight-year-old, a nine-year-old, ten-year-old. And after that, things got different because after ten years, I, I realized my behind can't take no more. But he used to say this to me. It's just you and me, boy. And this is going to hurt me. Sound like you was raised in my house. My daddy would say, this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. And I'm like, it's going to hurt him. I'm the one that had to drop him. And what he was saying, I come to realize that it was hurting his heart to have to spank me because of his love for me why didn't you just do what I told you to do? 
And because I love you, I know that if I don't train you to, to follow orders and to stay in certain perimeters, when you get out there outside of the, of the house in the world, there are going to be people who don't care nothing about you, who are waiting on you to slip and make a mistake. A young man told me the other day that he had a BB gun that was, uh, that was shaped or fashioned like an AR-15. I said, what? I said, don't you take that thing out of your house. I said, that is too dangerous for you to walk around as a black boy. And that's what I said. Because I did see a white boy walking down the street after he shot some people and killed them and walked right by the police with the gun in his hand. And they didn't shoot him and they didn't stop him. So everything they advertise as a toy is not necessarily a good toy for your child. Let's, let's go on with it. Let, let's go on with it. Is this, is this all right? So I understand now what my dad said, this is going to hurt me. And little did I know he was going to be in my life only for 17 years. But don't feel sorry for me. I got more from him in 17 years than some of you have given your children for 23 years. One of the things he gave me was discipline and how to follow rules and orders because you can't be successful in life if you don't have discipline. Can somebody say amen? And so the word says that God chastens. That's why if you really love God and you're doing wrong, eventually you shipwreck. Eventually something happens. Why? Because God is trying to get your attention. Why? Because he loves you. Ooh, Jesus. Is, is this all right? So I've done an enormous amount of teaching in the recent past on the family. Uh, it was called, the title was called uh, Clarity of the Family. And I'm amazed at how much teaching, hours and hours of teaching you and hours and hours of study to try to give you the revelation on family that would hold your family together. I'm amazed of how many families still how many marriages in this house still are struggling with doing right? I, I have, one, I have uh, one nugget to give you today. Um, would they go ahead and put up the one nugget? It's Memorial Day weekend, so I, I thought I'd cut back on my nuggets. <laughs> nugget number one, nugget number two. Are they able to put up the nuggets today? Oh, ready, read. Read it again. Read it one more time, please. Would you tell, you know it now to memory, would you tell your neighbor on either side of you, Satan always comes 
three objectives. Would you tell your other friend? Satan. First of all, I want you to acknowledge that he always comes. And nobody is exempt. He always comes. He'll always show up with your marriage, your family, your business, your church. He always comes. And when he comes, he doesn't have four, five, 10, or 23 objectives. He only has three. Number one, he always comes. You have to know that. He'll always come against your marriage. He'll always come against your family. He'll always come against your purpose. He will always come against your destiny. He will always come against your peace. He will always come against your calling. He will always come against you. He will always come. And if he's not here today, he'll show up tomorrow. Because he will always come. And when he comes, he only has three objectives. He comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. A marriage cannot fall apart without him. Jesus, did you get a hold of that? A marriage cannot fall apart without his involvement. There's been no divorce ever without Satan not being on the scene. There's never been family confusion without him being present. He brings the confusion. And sometimes he comes in a person. Everything was fine at the family gathering. Till you showed up. Everybody was getting along. Until the devil showed up. And whenever he comes, he comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Your marriage cannot fail without him. And he can't destroy your marriage unless you let him. Your family cannot fall apart without him. And he cannot destroy your family without your family's participation. Mm. So if Satan today is getting the best of you, where did you let him in? Oh, 
because you can't destroy anything outside. Nobody on Corrington Avenue or I-435 is going to change anything in here. If something's going to change in here, it has to be through somebody who's in here. Ooh, Jesus. And Satan can't get in unless he come in with somebody. Just like God won't get involved in your affairs unless you invite him in. Jesus. Paul said, when I was a child, I thought as a child, he said, I acted like a child. And we don't have problems. It's just like the, the child, just, you know, making some noise. Uh, that don't disturb us or, you know, unless you mean. I mean, that don't disturb, it don't disturb me. You, you see, yeah, they're they talking back to me. Because the child is doing nothing but acting like a child. But if you start acting like that, <laughs> 20, 30, 40 years of time, we might let you slide one time. But once we discover you're not speaking in tongues, We know that there's a problem. Why? Because a mature person should not be acting like a child. And I don't have a problem getting a bottle, going to the back, giving it to a child. But I do have a problem if I have to give you a bottle and take out your false teeth. Because just time, you should have meticulated or matured beyond that point. And so clearly Paul, talking to the church at Corinth, he's dealing with them because they should be acting mature. He never said they wasn't saved. He just said, now that you're saved, you should be acting mature. You shouldn't be so easily offended. Why? Because it's hard to get offended and mature in the word. Your offense is a sign of your lack of maturity in scripture. Because the moment you make up in your mind to do something for God, somebody's going to talk about you. I love it when people talk about me, good or bad. Because that tells me at least I'm being noticed. And you cannot do anything for God and everybody like it. Can somebody say amen? 
says, but when I became an older man or mature, Paul said, but when I became mature, he said, I put away. Come on now. He said, I did what? Notice God didn't put it away. So that means you can act like a child in church as long as you want to. In other words, being in church for years doesn't guarantee growth. People tell me, I've been saved for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, and as long as you've been saved, what have you done for the kingdom? Because that'll tell us how mature you've become. Can somebody say amen to this truth? In 1 Corinthians 13, I just, I just ministered to you. Paul says to put away uh, childish things. Yes? But to put away childish things, here we go, church. We must, we must remain full of the Spirit. We must remain full of the Spirit. If I don't remain full of the Spirit, my wife's going to have an issue with me. Because if I'm not full of the Spirit, I guarantee you my flesh is going to get loose. And I'm going to say some things I'm going to be sorry for. I'm going to do some things I shouldn't be doing. Why? Because I'm not full of the Spirit. Oh, my. We must be full of the Holy Ghost so that we don't become deceived. And we must know the word of God. Turn to somebody and say, you need to know the word of God. You need to know the word of God. And how can you know it if you don't study? Some of us, perhaps we got bad grades in school. You know, I mean, we, you know, we got through. You know, my wife graduated with honors from college. I graduated. Don't feel sorry for me because most of you are in my class. You know, when I walked down, Minister Grabman, when I walked down the aisle, I didn't have any, all I had on was the robe <laughs> and the hat. You know, no tassel, no, 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 no color ribbons, no, nothing. J just the robe and the hat. And as I said, don't feel sorry. I was glad. I was glad to be graduating. And not only, not only was I glad to be graduating, I was glad somebody was there. And Minister grabbed her up. They were the only one there. And, and old Lisa. Are, are you all listening to me? But when it comes to the things of God, you can't afford a D. You can't afford a C. Yeah, you passed the class, but the devil is whipping your behind. Because you need to know more than C, average. So I'm preaching to all you D minus and all you C pluses and all you barely a B's and I'm asking you to come up higher. You need to know this because you may not believe me now, 
But deception is going to become so strong in these next few years. I'm studying some things I can't comment on yet because I haven't studied it all the way out. But this AI, I believe, have a great, great role in this end times deception. They told me the other day that they have a chip that they can put in your head and attach it to your cranium, your brain. And all you have to do is think a thought and it will give you the answer. Some of you are looking at me like, you mean I don't have to read? So we're fastly approaching a time when you're talking or getting information, you don't know where you're getting it from. Matter of fact, you don't know that now. Are you listening to me? And so I was talking with God. I said, well, God, if deception is going to get so bad, then how do I, as an under-shepherd, yielded to you, how do I prepare the people so that they won't be deceived? And he said, teach them truth. He said, they don't have to know error. <laughs> he said, just teach them truth. You don't have to teach them about darkness. Just show them the light. Just teach them truth. And so I asked the Lord something. Don't take this as gospel. But I said, Lord, I used to hear and some of my mentors would say, let your heart guide you. And the Lord spoke to me and said, I never said that. I never told anybody, let their heart guide them. You know, you'll hear people say, well, what's in your heart? I just don't know what to do. I just, well, what's in your heart? What's in your heart to do? Anybody ever heard that? You, you can't conduct your life based upon what's in your heart. Your heart can deceive you. Especially if you don't know the word. And a lot of Christians, sad to say. And uh, I'm working overtime. Really, I am. That if you don't know the word coming to this church, you don't know it because you're rejecting it. Because I'm laying it before you every opportunity that I get. Uh, don't be deceived. De deception is trickery. One who deliberately deceives. Uh, deception, we call it double dealing. In other words, I'm trying to make you think by the way I act to make you think I'm something that I'm really not. Who don't look at me funny. Most of us have experienced that if we've ever been married. 
Because if you be honest, what you discover you have after you said I do, was not what you thought when you were dating. Why? Because when you're dating, nobody shows their full hand. Nobody. That's why after you get married, you have challenges. Why? Because you're bumping into the real person. Are, are you listening to me? I, I mean, you, you start seeing attitudes that you didn't see when you were dating. Why? Because when you're dating, you get mad, you go home. It's clear we're having some complications. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> huh? I'll call you when I get home. But when you get married, and it's, and it's really not funny, because Satan will work overtime to make sure you have no patience, no tolerance for what you discover in your mate that you did not discover during the dating process. And he will magnify it so large that you will contemplate leaving them. And if you're not in a good church like this that get arrested by the Holy Spirit, you will leave them searching for another. And when you find them, they'll trick you too. I done told you over and over, grass always looks greener on the other side, but what they're not telling you, that's artificial turf. And you'll blow your ACL on it. You'll break your ankle on it trying to run. You need some grass. <laughs> mm -hmm. They're finding this out now in the NFL. After all of their, you know, ingenuities and developments, they've come to discover that it is better for the athletes to, pray, to play on what God created than it is artificial grass. Why? Because what God created, it gives. That's why when you marry somebody that God gave you, it'll give. Let's, let's close out because our purpose today not to be long. And uh, I'm approaching longevity. <laughs> let's go to 2 uh, Timothy. <clears throat> and I'll get into the meat of it starting Wednesday. The Lord says the same. 2 Timothy chapter 3. This is, this is going to be uh, revelation to some of you. Are you there? Look at verse 16. Ready? Let's read it together. All scripture is given. 
Read it again. Read it again. Okay. How much of the Bible? All scripture. Everything in the book. All 66 books. All scripture have been given by inspiration. In other words, none of the authors wrote what they thought. In other words, nothing in the Bible is some man's idea. This, this holy writ is God-breathed. That means the authors were only writing what the Holy Ghost instructed them to write. Yes? And notice, uh, Paul says, all Scripture, he's talking to this young pastor. He says, all Scripture is given, Pastor Hal, by inspiration of God. Are we clear on that? We know all Scripture has been given by what? Inspiration of God. We know that, that the Holy Writ is God-inspired. But now we need to know why was it written? We know it was inspired by God, but why was it written? What was the objective? Why did God write this Holy Bible? Why did he leave it for us to read? Why did he make a way for us to study? What was the purpose? Come on. And is profitable for doctrine, for godly doctrine, not ungodly doctrine. You need to know godly doctrine so that when you encounter ungodly doctrine, you'll know it's not of God. And just because a church been around a hundred years doesn't mean it's God. And I'm going to speak to Harvest Church. Just because we started out right doesn't mean we end right. In other words, you can start with truth. And if you don't stay committed to truth, you can yield to error. And as it is for a church, so it is for an individual. You can start out right, committed to God, but somewhere along the journey, you get deceived. And instead of living for God, you live any way you want to live when people are not around. And it's profitable for doctrine. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Hold on. For reproof. In other words, if you're in a real God-ordained sanctuary, there are times when the Word of God will whip your behind. You will leave the church feeling like you've been dealt with and mad at whoever brought you to the church because you know they told your business to the reverend and the reverend was standing up there preaching at you. And so you leave the church not excited about Jesus, but mad at the messenger. Because the word on that particular service, it, I mean, it chastised you. 
you are going the wrong way and the word dealt with you and said, stop it. Leave him alone. Leave her alone. Don't go back there. And you get mad at the message and the messenger because you don't want to stop. Ooh, Jesus. So the word, amen, is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. Here's the challenge, because nobody likes to be corrected anymore. Somebody said, we have these rebellious children. No, we don't. We have these rebellious parents who are producing these rebellious children. Kids are not like that. I said, kids are not like that. They are allowed to be that way. Your husband is throwing a fit because he wasn't dealt with as a child throwing a fit at Price Choppers on the seventh row. And some adults today are dealing with issues today because stuff wasn't driven out of them when they were a child with the rod. You don't just grow up and stop pouting. Some of you are married to somebody 63 years old and pout like your three-year-old when he don't get his way. <laughs> Slamming doors that you have to fix. Busting walls that you have to fix. Breaking dishes that you have to glue back together. Just throwing a fit, kicking over chairs, dogs running from you. Cats won't meow. All your animals that pass out in the backyard up against the fence, waiting for you to get through. <laughs> Are you listening to me? But the word of God is for reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness. Holiness is not an option for Christians. There's a whole lot of things I would do and say if I wasn't saved. There's some stuff you've gotten away with I wouldn't have allowed you to get away with if I wasn't saved. I would still be telling some people off. I wouldn't even have time to preach. If I wasn't saved, how I know I'm saved is, man, I'm able to love my enemies. And you don't know love until you know somebody don't like you and you still love them. 
get up in your face and grin and say, praise the Lord, and they can't stand you. But, but, but you still extend compassion. You can't do that on your own. Which leads me to this vital point. Because you're going to see some serious supernatural manifestations. And just because something is supernatural. Some of you, my heart goes out to you. You don't have enough wording. All somebody have to do is just do a little miracle. And you run off. Thinking you've been in the presence of God. Signs and wonders in and of themselves is no sign that it's God. Well, you need to run on over here. Man, I mean, they're healing the sick. People getting healed is necessarily a sign that somebody is, amen, moving by the Spirit of the Holy Ghost. And in these last days, you be extra careful about who you let put their hands on you. No, no. I'm talking about in church, standing behind the podium and wanting to put their hands on you, call themselves going to pray. Because you may get more than what you bargained for. Let me help you. You don't let anybody put their hands on you praying for nothing if they don't have the fruit of the Spirit in their lives. I don't care what kind of gift they operate in. If they don't have the fruit, then I don't need their gift. Are you listening to me? You're talking about the gifts of the Spirit, but you're as mean as the devil. And you have a controlling spirit. Are you listening to me? So you don't let anybody put their hands on you that do not have the fruit of the Spirit. I don't care how many times they lay their hands on you, you fall up under the power. Mm-hmm. You better check out what power. Because if you let the wrong person lay their hands on you, you can get strained. Are you listening to me? Yeah, yeah, there's, there is the true uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 12 where Paul said, I would not have you ignorant concerning these gifts, brethren. And he talks about the nine gifts of the Spirit, but he also talks about the nine fruit of the Spirit. And the gifts without the fruit, you don't need the gifts. Mm-hmm. Is this helping somebody? Because witches can operate in the supernatural. And you know, that's a little gray in the Western hemisphere because in the Western world, we, we don't believe it. We think that's Hollywood stuff. You know, Dungeons and Dragons and Harry Potter. We play with that stuff, you know, because we don't think it's real. That people can levitate. People don't believe that stuff is real. That there are people who can take their hands and go in somebody's physical body and pull out cancer. We don't believe that in the Western world. 
because we don't really believe the devil is real. And I know we don't because if we really knew the devil was real, we wouldn't play with him like we do. We think we can go out and do anything we want to do and get a bar of ivory soap and get in a good hot shower and that'll wash it off. Ooh, Jesus. Even Jesus didn't lay his hands on everybody. Most of the time when somebody got healed by Jesus, he spoke a word only. Are you all listening to me? So let, let's, let's close out with this. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof and correction, for instructions in righteousness. Look at this, verse number 17. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Does this bless anybody at all? We'll deal with this later uh, about Jesus talking about these end time deception. It's, it's going to get so bad. Um, won't be long now. Most places you go, maybe it's that way now. You can't even use cash. See, some of you don't even know what that means. Do you realize when actual physical currency is no longer the use of exchange, that the world comes together even more? That you don't need money in any country. All you need is a number, which most of you already have with your credit card. But now to try to eliminate people stealing, they're putting uh, barcodes in people's hands or in their forehead. There are supermarkets today where you can go in and buy, get anything you want in the supermarket, put it in your cart, and when you go out the door, a readable code will read everything in your cart and subtract the amount of money from your account. And you've never talked to one person. And some of you don't even know what it means. I know you don't, because you're still flirting with the devil. Like it's 1963. And this modern technology is setting us up for the Antichrist. There is going to be a worldwide crash eventually. Because everything has to be set up for the Antichrist. The world is going to look for a one man rescuer who's going to come with the words in his mouth that I bring you peace. Jesus talks about it. I, I, I want to deal with this, but, but I'll just do this because I'm going to hold true. I'm not holding you long. But one of the most frightening statements in all the scripture, one of the most frightening statements in all, go, go to... Uh, uh, Second Thessalonians, just just back up. Chapter two. Second Thessalonians, chapter two. It's been so long since I've read this. 
I said, God, this is one of the most frightening tests of scripture I've ever read in all of the Bible. And so I, I, I t- made a decision uh, to read it to you. And you, 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 you tell me about it. I'm going to back up and read a few verses. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us as though the day of Christ had come. Look, look at this. Let no one deceive you. Let, let no, listen to me. Don't sit here and say you can't be deceived. You can. If you couldn't be deceived, then there would be no need for warning. And he's not talking to heathens. He's talking to the church. And in West, West, modern Western uh, hemisphere Christianity, look how we act. under the covering that we're saints. We love sports more than we love God. Tell the truth. And God says, whatever you love more than him is an idol. Are you all listening to me? Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. Talking about the Antichrist. Who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worship, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Look how we're killing folk and killing each other. I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. It is wrong for out is black. And yes, we should be upset. But how many kids die every day in Kansas City killing one another? And just because it's a black person killing a black person, it doesn't matter. That if a kid knocks on a door and gets shot, the only reason you're upset is because it was a black kid and a white man shot him. You mean you wouldn't be upset if it was a black kid knocking on a door and it was a black man that shot a black kid? The 
Does that lend the value of life of the child? But while you're saying yes, sir, and amen, by and large, the church does nothing. I'm going to see a city official in a few next week. Because by and large, the church sits around and does nothing. You'll go home and watch sports. And as long as it's not your child. As long as it's not somebody in your family. You, you don't really care that much. And lawlessness. It's everywhere. Is this blessing anybody at all or is this just me? And notice what it says. For the mastery or the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed. That's a whole other subject. Whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one. That's the Antichrist. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan. You see the rest of that? Read that so you'll see it's in. With what? Come on. Come on. Um, anybody here, anybody here, anybody here ever seen a $6 bill? Is there anybody here got six ones that you'll give me for a $6 bill? Nobody want to do that. Okay. Uh, anybody here got a $22 bill in exchange for, for 20? Anybody? Anybody here ever seen a $6 bill? No. Anybody here ever seen a $22 bill? Anybody here ever seen a $13 bill? Anybody ever seen a $1 bill? $5 bill? $20 bill? Ah, fit $13 bill. Right? Why? Because you know $13 bills are not in circulation. So nobody's going to trick you with a $6 bill, right? Why? We don't have $6 bills. Nobody's going to trick you with a $22 bill, right? Because we don't have $22 bills. But you can be tricked with a 20. You can be tricked with a 100. As a matter of fact, they got some hundreds out there that so, look so much like the, the real deal that I've gone to some places where, where a lady wouldn't even take my money. She said, I'll run it through the machine, and I'm not getting, getting anything. And, and I know the, the $100 was good because I got it from the bank. And I said, you know, I'll you know, order my stuff. I said, well, I know it's good. She said, well, I can't check it. I said, well, call your manager. And they got him on the phone or something. And so the lady said, she said, I can't take it. I said, ma'am, this, this is real money. She said, 
I can't take it. She said, because if it's a counterfeit, I'm going to have to pay the difference, and I can't pay it. So I get upset. I'm not in the fruit of the Spirit. Because my mind was set on an orange freeze from Brahms, and it's the last one because in Kansas City, Missouri, so hey. So I said, I know it's good. And so she goes behind a little room, only for me to discover she called the police on me. So the police shows up in Cartage, Missouri. I know to walk light because I know where I am. So the police come in. Come on now. And I'm looking at them like, yeah, you know. So they be, they be lying to her. They ignored me. She said, he's with the money. And I, and he, he, I said, I said, hold on. I said to the police, I said, this is a hundred dollar bill. David, look at this. He said, well, I, I, I don't, he said, well, look, can I see your license? I said, no. See, scared y'all because you don't know you're right. I said, no. I said, this lady, and I'll tell you what she was, she calls, you be lying to her. I said, if, if it's a fake dollar bill, you know, then y'all check it. You think I'm going to be up in here fussing with y'all with the police? My, my whole point is, is that it was a real $100 bill. But the lady working was challenged because it looked like it could be, it was the, the old, you remember the old $100 bill? Before they got the new one with the line in it? I thought I brought one out, but I didn't. You, you remember the old one? I mean, you have to look at it. But it's real. And so my wife, she said, baby, She said, let's go. It's not worth it. I drove all the way to Kansas City thinking about that orange freeze. <laughs> My point is, I got into this confrontation because there is such a thing as a real $100 bill. But there's also such a thing as a counterfeit. Put that verse back up again. The last verse. Keep it up, please. Verse 9. You all there? The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. You know why it's signs, lying wonders? power because there's such a thing as the power of God there is such a thing as signs of the spirit there is such a thing as the working of miracles by the power of God but when signs and wonders are happening who's the author behind it now I didn't learn this in school 
Uh, Dr. Benny Hinn taught my wife and I this face-to-face for over a couple of hours just teaching us. And then Dr. Roy Hicks. The gifts of the Holy Spirit run so close that sometimes you don't know when a person is in the spirit or have yielded to a familiar spirit. That's why you've heard me over the years say, when the Holy Spirit is done, you stop. I could be praying for people, and all of a sudden, since the Spirit of the Lord is done, and it could be other people lined up, and I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll back out. Because if you continue, then the familiar spirit will accommodate you. Because you're, you cannot judge that something is God because it's supernatural. And that's what's going to trick a lot of church folk. It's going to be supernatural, but it won't be by the power of God. And for some people, all they need to see is something supernatural. And if you read your Bible, Satan or, uh, or the Antichrist, who is going to be really an incarnate of the devil, it, the Bible says he's going to work great signs and wonders even in the sky. And so you cannot be moved by the supernatural. Then, pastor, before you close the service, please tell me what I'm to be moved by. You're to be moved by the truth. You're not moved by signs and what. As a matter of fact, the Pharisees asked Jesus for a sign. Show us a sign and we'll believe you. You're only to be moved by the truth. Just because somebody's operating in a service and they're operating in the supernatural, it could be a witch. Just because somebody told you something that you know you didn't tell them, that don't mean they're being inspired by God. Are you listening to me? God hates the mixture. I said, God hates the mixture. And that's what got King Saul in trouble. On one occasion, King Saul was consulting the prophet. And then when he didn't get the right word from the prophet, the Bible says that he consulted a soothsayer, an, a, 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 a demon worshiper, a witch. And that was the cause of his fall. Just like some of you play with the Zodiac. And astrology is witchcraft. I don't care how much you pay for that necklace around your neck. And no wonder you all jacked up. You're letting folks call you, you know, uh, a Gemini and uh, all this. You're not any of those signs if you're a child of God. Asking somebody, what sign are they before you date them? The sign is, are you born again? What's your sign, Jesus? And I know some, I'm getting some looks. But astrology is witchcraft. No wonder you act strange. No wonder there's strangers in your house. You don't start your day with the truth. You start the day looking at your sign. 
And you cannot have Jesus and the devil too. Say it again. Astrology is witchcraft. You are not a sign of the zodiac. You are a sign and a wonder from God. When you became born again, you left that stuff. I said you left it if you left it. It's getting quiet now. Astrology is witchcraft. And you'll come up under the spell of that sign if you yield to it. And I don't play with people because some people are trying to fork. When were you born? And I'm October. Oh, oh you are. So I said, no, I'm not. What, 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 when were you born? October. I said, no, I'm not. Well, what do you mean that you're not? I said, I'm not a sign of, of, of that. I'm a sign and a wonder. I've been washed in the blood of Jesus. Oh, okay, I, I get it. Oh, you, you, you like that. I'd rather be that than that. My life is not weighing on no scale. My life is in the hand of Christ. Are you listening to me? You yield to that, you come up under the umbrella of that thing. Because it's witchcraft. And if you got it around your neck, you need to take it off. No wonder you can't get delivered. Get that stuff out of your house. Ooh, Jesus. I'm messing with them now, Lord. And so we're going to begin to see, and now that I've spoken this word, you're going to really start seeing it. You're going to start seeing services called miracle services. It's going to be a common comment. Come to a miracle service. And sometimes I get upset. I don't watch a lot of television, particularly Christian television, but I get upset when I see all of these colored people in these uh, hotels, and most of the time it's a white guy in there with water and, and cloths and June bugs and, you know, crosses, you know, supposed to be made from Jerusalem. And it makes me upset that they fall for this foolishness. And I've often thought, if what you're doing is that powerful, where are all the people who look like you in there? And more often than not, I'm not making your tub, but when I look at, most of the time when you look across the audience, they're just poor folk. Uneducated. Falling for that foolishness. Harvest Church members, don't you send a dime to anybody on television who's telling you they're going to send you some holy water. 
Are you listening to me? Get some water out of your own tap and call it holy. You'll get the same result. That's nothing but a gain. That's nothing but a gimmick. That's counterfeit. And you're too smart in the word of God to be hustled like that. You send such and such, I'm going to send you this water that I got in Jerusalem, in the Jordan River. I've been in the Jordan River. It ain't went nowhere but right down the Missouri River and got some water. And put it in a vial. You send me $71.79. I'm going to send you the vial of water and I'm going to send you the cloth. And then you get your prayer request into me. I mean, get it in like yesterday. And don't forget to send that $79.95. Because I'm going to pray for you. Then they get a few folks to testify. I sent in $79.95. And I tell you, I did it like the prophet said. And I, I got $150,000. And people. People fall for this foolishness. And I teach the word of God to you too well for you to fall for that mess. You need some water, ask me. I'll go in the back and get you some. We'll drink it together. Are you listening to me? You open yourself up to familiar spirits. If you're in a church where the man or woman of God can't hear from God, get out of that church and get in one that can, a man or woman can hear. Your greatest anointing encounter will be under the man of God that God placed over your life, not somebody on television. Send me a hundred dollars. In 15 cents, I'm going to send you this anointed cross. You put it around your neck for the next 21 days. That's witchcraft. But people fall for it because they don't know the manual. And they're looking for something quick. Are you listening to me? Are you li I said, are you listening to me? You turn off these false prophets who threaten you when you don't do what they tell you to do. Can't tell you how many times I'd be, I would be dead a hundred times if what some of these people said to me was going to happen if I didn't do what they told me to do. I'm talking about in my face. If you don't do what I said to do, I'm going to shut this church down. If you don't give me a position, God sent me to this church and I'm going to have a position in this church. To my face, I'm not talking about a letter, in my face. And I'm telling you, if you don't do what I told, what God told me to tell you to do, then I'll start a church and take all your members. I said, well, you better get up on the road then, partner. You better go on down the road and get your church started. It's not funny because a lot of young ministers have been destroyed because of these strong-armed people. 
with those strong, dominant spirits. Come in and just take over. Are you all listening to me? I said I wasn't going to go long in here. I went long. Stand to your feet. That, that'll make me shut it down. I just don't want you deceived. And I don't want you sending your money somewhere where that's not where God is. If God told you to, then you obey God. But God is not going to cause you to send your money to a false prophet or a false prophetess. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.